Use both eyes, see the full picture, and find also positives in the situation. Wherever you get your podcasts from, or our own website, prismoftorah.com. This is The Prism of Torah with Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. Shalom Avrocha. In this week's parsha, Parshas Balak, Baruch Hashem, it's relevant to both Bnei Eretz Yisrael and Bnei Chutz Loritz. I will share with you a geshmak deep concept brought down by Rav Zev Lef that I'll try to build upon. And it all starts with the following episode that we're all familiar with, where the king of Moyav, Balak, sends messengers to Bilam as he is scared of the Jewish people and wants to ensure that they beat them in the battle. And hence he requests him to curse them out because he realizes he has that ability. So he sends a messenger to, to, to Bil- messengers to Bilam to do so. And as he's doing that, he tells to him, please curse the Jewish people for me, for I know that whoever you bless will be blessed and whoever you curse will be cursed. The Sforno on the spot says that actually, even though Balak said that, he knew very well that Bilam only had the ability to curse and not to bless. And what's the proof to that? Because if he really believed that he had the ability to also bless, surely he would have requested for a blessing for himself as well before he tries to fight against the Jewish people. So question number one is why indeed did Bilam only have the ability to curse and not to bless? Going to a different story in the Gemara, the famous Gemara with Abishim Bar Yochai and Nisan Elazo running away from the Romans and they go hide in the cave. In that cave where they were hiding, they were totally immersed for 12 years in Torah study, Pshat, Remez, Drash, Soid, every time. Every second they were learning Torah there. That's what they did the whole time. As they left after 12 years, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu told them it's time to leave, they were looking around them and they couldn't believe what they saw. They saw all these people wasting their time in this world. As we know, this world is just a poised a, a hallway to the world to come. And people were wasting their times in mundane, everyday pursuits with not putting time into what life is all about. Mitzvahs, chesed, Torah. They couldn't take it. And hence, every place they looked created a fire, a flame was ruining HaKadosh Buhu's world. So a heavenly voice came and said, I did not release you from the cave to destroy my world. Return to the cave. A year later, they once again left the cave. This time, wherever Abulazo set his eyes, still was created a fire. But Hashem Baruchan, on the other hand, was able to rectify the damage when he was looking at the same thing. So there's two questions in this story. Question number one, is that it seems like all their time immersed in Torah study had this negative ripple effect of that wherever they were looking created a fire. So why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu tell them to go back to the cave? It seemed like it was going to create a worse result. And question number two, even after another year in the cave where Rabbi Lozo, his son, Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yuchai's son, he was still not fit to come out because still everywhere he looked created fire. So what was the logic behind everything that happened? The answer in the Yisoyed we would like to discuss is that being overly critical rather than being a sign of having learned too much is fakert. It's a sign of not having learned enough. Extreme and constant negativism, when you always look and everything you see in a negative sense is not it means a person is not being able to evaluate the situation in its totality, in the, in the overall perspective. To properly function in this world, 
One needs two eyes. Not only one, two eyes. One, to see what needs to be corrected in any given situation. It is important to have the ability to decipher what's negative. On the other hand, equally, if not more important, is to appreciate the positive aspects of the situation. And hence, Rabshun Barichai and his son, Habelozor, the second time they came out of the cave, a year later, they functioned together as a team. One was using his eyes to see the critical negative situation and what needs to be fixed. And Rabshun Barichai was able to see the positive in that same situation, and hence he was able to also heal the situation. However, when we only view the world in one eye, the critical eye, and we only see everything that's negative about the situation, it distorts the whole situation gets distorted. We're not even viewing the situation properly. One needs to be fully learned and fully pure, immersed in Torah study from all the different perspectives that will give you the tools, the glasses in which to view the world in its totality, and hence assess and evaluate each situation appropriately, and not only through negative glasses. Interestingly, Balam is described as Shesuma Ayn, which pretty much means having one eye, because he only viewed everything with one eye, and hence he had a distorted evaluation of the situation. He was only able to see the negative of the situation, and hence it's fitting that he's only able to curse, because in order to bless, you have to be motivated by, be, by being able to assess the situation in a way you also see the positive. For this reason also, excessive negativity is referred to as the evil eye. Ein hara. It doesn't say inaim. It's not in the plural, eyes, but rather in the singular. Because again, when you see only negative, and you think you have negative thoughts, it's because it's coming from being only a distorted evaluation of the situation, which is represented by one eye. But when you see everything in its totality, with two eyes, it's a totally different ballgame because you're able to see the positive. This is exactly what Bilam was lacking and this is what Rabshun Bar Yochai and his son Elazar as a team were able to function in such harmony as they came out of the cave the second time. The Gemara over there also goes on to, to say a certain story that Rabshun Bar Yochai saw a person taking two Hadassim with him and, and he said, well, what are you doing with these Hadassim? It's not like he's learning Torah, he's not doing chesed, what is he doing? So he said, oh, this is Kavut Shabbos, it's Erev Shabbos, and I'm bringing two Adasim. So he said, why do you need two Adasim then? He goes, one keneged Zachor and one keneged Shamor. Again, that shows us that Rav Shem was able to evaluate the situation and ask to see where there must be some positive over here. What is it? And he, hence he asked him all these questions. He said, oh, and then he said, Baruch Hashem, look at HaKadosh Baruch nation, look how they care about the Shabbos and sanctify the, the, the Shabbos. It's very in interesting that in Metzius, in reality, we do see that when you look at things with one eye, even from a technical perspective, you did see a distorted view of reality. This is not only true because you lack the peripheral vision. When you have two eyes, you have a better peripheral vision. And that's the width of this, looking from one side to the other. But even more than that, studies show and you can check this on yourself, when you cover one eye, you, you don't get a, a good perception of the depth of the 3D of the picture you're seeing. If a person tries to touch the two tips of his fingers, two different fingers to each other, it won't be so easy to do that with one eye. When you have a little dot on the wall and you try to pinpoint it with your finger 
and touch it, it's not so easy to do with one eye, but when you see two eyes, you see the totality of the situation is a totally different ballgame. When a person assesses the situation properly, looking also for the positive, that also means that he doesn't evaluate everything based on that spur moment, that second, or that act that someone did, but rather you have to view at the whole history. Where do we see this? We see that we know that Bilam came with his donkey and the donkey was able to see an angel that stopped him from going and hence he hurts Bilam's leg because he had to go against the fence. He had nowhere else to go. Bilam go, got all upset and started hitting the donkey. The donkey says, why, why are you hitting me? Bilam said, if I had a sword, I would kill you. He goes, you're going to kill me? I never did this to you in my life. All I did was treat you well. At the end, the Kaddish Buhu ensured that Bilam will see the, the angel as well. But what's hinted in this dialogue? This shakla and tali between the donkey and Bilam. Because Bilam wasn't assessing the situation just by the glimpse of the moment. Sorry, he was assessing it by the glimpse of the moment. Bilam was assessing the whole situation just by the glimpse of the moment, as opposed to looking at the, the totality of the history. That donkey was answering back, what are you doing? I always treated you well. How can you do this? And the Torah teaches us exactly the opposite. Don't judge everything just by the simple action that happened now, but rather look at the totality, also from a historical perspective. Where do we see this? We know that we are commanded to throw an animal that has become unfit, a corpse, uh, a novella, to the consumption of the dogs. Why? So the Balea Taisus say a very interesting idea. They say, Mistama, who guards the sheep and who failed in his job? The, the dog, the dog is known to guard the flock. And he prevented to stop an attack from the wolf, from the whatever it is. And yet still we say, wait a second. But because the dogs historically helped Am Yisrael and they did the Kiddush Hashem, that they didn't make any noise when Bnei Yisrael left Mitzrayim, lo kelev and hence they deserve reward. And you see this, this idea that even though right now, Dafka in this action that became a corpse in the Vela, a dead animal, and there's room to blame them, still we're warning them dafka now to teach us this idea, this lesson, that a person needs to evaluate the, church, the situation in totality and ensure there's positive aspects as well. There's always a positive aspect in the situation and you have to find it. We all know there's people out there that are always negative. They always say, oh, I can't believe air conditioning is not working well enough. You go with them to a restaurant, the water's not hot enough. Ah, the, the, what kind of shirut over here is this? This is customer service. A person has to train himself to also be positive, to see it the full situation. And that's what also Chazal teach us. The Mishnah tells us in Pirkei Avos, So I think I heard this a long time ago. Why does it say Eskol Ho'adam? It should have just said Eskol Adam. Elamai. Eskol Ho'adam, perhaps it means... How should you, how can you how can you get to a point where you judge someone favorably? You have to view him in totality, not just zoom into the aspect that bothers you that you think he's doing something wrong, but view it in totality, and then you'll be able to see also positive things about him or specific reasons why he acted a certain way. It'll it'll be a game changer. And that's what we have to try to do. We have to try to judge people in the in a, a positive way. You have to find and seek the positive ideas about the person. We know that a person has negative thoughts or even worse, negative talk about someone. It affects the world. A yid, neshama, is connected directly. It's a very old thing, especially with the mouth. With the mouth, a person can do damage, but it also can do amazing things. 
just thinking and talking positively about others is essential. And we have to work on this idea of being able to, to judge favorably and view things in a positive sense. We'll end off before the story. We know there's a famous Pirkei Avlis that uh, students, the followers of Bilam, inherit Gehenim, whereas the students of Avram Avinu, they inherit Gan Eden. So the simple understanding, we know that if you act like Avram Avinu, and you always view things in a positive light, and eventually you're going to get Gan Eden, the world to come. Whereas Talmud Bilam, you're going to get Chas uh, V'Shalom Gehenim. But I saw Zev Lef wants to say, perhaps he can learn in another way. Perhaps you can learn in a way that Dafka, the people that act like Bilam and always see the negative in things, and that's, they're blinded with one eye, they only see the negative, and that's how they assess the situation. They and their followers and their surroundings, they will, leg- they will have Gehenim even in this world, because it's not fun to live like that. You're affecting, you're messing up the environment. Everything is... The ruach, every, everything is, uh, it's not fun when someone always says negative, negative. person has to be able to see the positive. Use both eyes, see the full picture, and find also positives in the situation. As opposed to the people that do find the positive, for them it's already over here, Gan Eden. Over here is Gishmak. I'd like to end with a short story. I spoke about this very chashavid before. His name is Rav Aon Margalit. His mamish dedicates his... Uh, whole life to be mechazek other people. He went through a difficult life. He had polio when he was young. The doctor said he'll never be able to walk, but he got brachas from a big rabbanim like Rav David Abuchatzera. And Bo Hashem, he came, he was, he's fine, and now he's an elderly person being mechazek other people. And he says the following true story, that once upon a time, a person calls him up and he says, I can't believe it, I don't know what to do, I'm so upset. I can't believe this is our son-in-law. He goes, what do you mean, what happened? He said, two weeks ago, we had a chasana, our daughter married this person that everyone said is the best, he has midos, he's a good person, he's a masmid, he learns Torah very well, everything is great about him. What happened? A week after the chasana, we were very tired, exhausted after all the Shavu brachos. We just wanted to take out food, so I went to some place to buy food and bring it home. And I realized I left my wallet at home. As we're leaving the store, suddenly we see our daughter and son-in-law. So I said, can, can I borrow 200 shekels? So straight away the son-in-law says, sure. Happily, he dishes out the 200 note to me. But then I hear him mumbling to my daughter. <laughs> I wonder if th- we'll see this money back. When we heard that, what do you mean? He wonders if we're going to pay him back. He doesn't trust us if we're going to pay him back. After everything we did for them, we helped them with the expenses of the chasana. We even gave them a sum, to, uh, an amount to help them buy a, an apartment. And that's the thank you we get. What is this? Everyone promised me he, have, he has good traits. We were in shock. We were dumbstruck. We were thinking already for a week. I'm thinking about this. I can't believe this. So Rav Aaron Margalit says, you got to assess the situation differently. You got to think positive. It must be a reason. You got to be positive. He says, I tried everything. I can't think of anything. So Rav Aaron Margalit says, in this situation, you have no choice. Not good to think negatively, as we explained. And hence, I think you should go ahead and confront him and speak it out. So, so he did. And listen to this. This chasan had a hobby. He had this idea what goes around, comes around, whatever it was, and hence on every bill he gives to people, whether if it, he lends the money or, or buys something, it doesn't matter. He writes, I don't know if he, writes, he wrote his name on it or some sort of uh, squiggle, and he always told his friends, I wonder if I'm going to see this bill again. He had a hobby. 
to scribble some simon on it and see if it comes back to him. And that's all he said. He didn't mean anything more than that. You see from here just a glimpse of an idea of something that's totally out of left field. What are the chances? This is really what he meant when he said those words. But indeed, that's what he meant. A person should always try by doing so, it'll make the world a better place for him, for people around him, and for all of Klaalistral. Have a Thank good Thank you for joining us. This is the Prism of Torah. Visit our website, prismoftorah.com, where you'll find a full archive of hundreds of past every Torah. Subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and don't forget to share with your friends and family. Sponsorship opportunities are available for all of our episodes. Thank you, Yonavefa, for your recording equipment. Produced by Ellie Podcast Productions.